Hi, this is Mona. And this is Aaliyah. You are listening to A Devil's Tale. This killer is named Charles Sobraj. He's known by several names, Bikini Killer, The Serpent. His story takes place in the 70s along the Asian hippie trail. He was born on April 6, 1944 in Saigon, Vietnam, and they were all colonized by France. He's actually Indian Vietnamese. So his dad was Indian, his mom was Vietnamese, but his parents were not married and pretty soon after he was born, his dad abandoned the family and then he was adopted by his mother's boyfriend. Alphonse de Rowe was a French lieutenant. He was stationed in Saigon. His father moved them back to France, his home country, and they settled in Marseille. So the nature of being a lieutenant is they moved regularly between France and Vietnam. He felt neglected because of all of this and, you know, other things going on. He started acting out and he even tried leaving France and just running away to Saigon. And on one occasion, he got as far as Djibouti. His parents were never able to discipline him. It just continued to get worse until it escalated into petty crimes. So by 1963, he was charged with burglary and he served time in a prison near Paris. There, Charles managed to talk to the guards and convince them into giving him reading material. So you kind of get an early indication of how he's being able to manipulate his way through life and his charisma and charm appeal. During this time, he became acquainted with a wealthy man named Felix, and so he worked as a prison volunteer. They got very close. This was clearly kind of an unhealthy relationship. It's kind of the catalyst for causing him to go into more crime. Felix introduced Charles to high society and the criminal underworld of Paris. He eventually met a woman named Chantel. She came from one of the city's most conservative families. Their relationship, Chantel and Charles, was pretty challenging. When he eventually did propose to her, it was the same day he got arrested and imprisoned eight months for driving a stolen car. Eventually, though, they did get married upon his release from prison, and she became pregnant. They were kind of worried at this point because they had been involved with criminal activities that the French authorities were on to them. So they ended up packing their things and they left the country using fake documents. And they kind of had this scheme where they were befriending other travelers and robbing them. In 1970, they reached Mumbai, where Chantel gave birth to their daughter, Usha. So in Mumbai, Charles ramped up his criminal activities and managed to build a successful business. And he also became a pretty notorious figure in the city's gambling scene, where he poured all the money that he had earned from these other activities into gambling. So he started developing this reputation as a gambler. That also meant that he started gaining attention of local enforcement. That led him being arrested twice. Because of his wife's status, he was able to escape punishment, and also apparently because of his biological father. It's interesting because he was abandoned, but it looks like his father still was able to pull strings to help him. Charles moved his family to Kabul, and they continued their criminal activities. Unfortunately, he was forced to flee to neighboring Iran after being nearly arrested by the police. 
Chantal was fed up with her life at this point from all the criminal activities. So she returned to France with their daughter and cut Charles out of their life. From Iran, Charles traveled to Istanbul, where he met his half-brother, Andre, and they embarked on a crime spree throughout Turkey and Greece, but the police caught them pretty quickly. So while Charles was able to get away in Athens, his brother, his half-brother, wasn't able to, and he got extradited back to Turkey and was in prison for 18 months. By 1975, Charles went back to India, but this time he was in Srinagar, Many were enticed by his charming personality. He spoke French, Hindi, Vietnamese. Women in particular found him very irresistible. He came off as like this really cultured man. So among one of the women who was really interested in him was this French-Canadian woman, Marie-Andre. She was a medical secretary. That year, they both traveled to Bangkok, where they partnered up with Ajay Chowdhury. Ajay was from India originally. This kind of gave Charles the idea that they could really start criminal empire because he has, you know, more alliances now. He started envisioning himself as the lead and was trying to start thinking about recruiting more. In Thailand, Charles perfected the scam. Thanks to his ability to speak French, he was able to target French tourists in Bangkok. He would kind of create the scam where he would get them to trust him by creating a problem without them knowing and then solving it for them. So on one occasion, he stole the passports of two French former police officers before helping recover them. And another incident involved a French tourist named Dominique, whom he poisoned. When his victim suffered from dysentery because of the drugs, Charles nursed him back to health. These crimes kept evolving. It wasn't just enough to be stealing money or be scamming people. In October 1975, he and Ajay encountered a 21-year-old American woman named Teresa. So they offered to show her around town. They took her to Patea Beach. Unfortunately, she never came back from this. She was found floating lifeless in a tidal pool in the Gulf of Thailand with her body wearing a floral bikini. So while the authorities initially ruled her death to be a suicide, an autopsy revealed that she had been the victim of foul play. So a few days later, the traveler checks that Teresa had brought with her on her trip were cashed in by Marie. Having gotten away with Teresa's murder, Charles and AJ settled on their second target, a Turkish man named Vitali, who was one of their fiercest competitors in the local drug trade. They snapped his neck and burned his body before dumping it on a road leading to the resort where they were staying. That body would later be found by local law enforcement, although they did not at the time trace that murder back to Charles. Vitaly's French girlfriend, Charmaine, was also murdered by Charles and AJ. Her lifeless body was discovered wearing a floral bikini, although the investigators initially failed to connect the two murders. Their next victims were 29-year-old Hank and his fiancée, 25-year-old Cornelia. Both of them traveled from the Netherlands. So Charles subjected them to his original scam, poisoning the couple before nursing them back to health to gain their trust. Afterwards, he strangled them to death and burnt their bodies in an attempt to hide his crime. However, the discover of their corpses on December 16, 1975, spurred authorities to take a closer look at Charles, who had since become infamous with the city's expat community. So this increased attention from law enforcement unnerved him and his girlfriend. 
For the next few months, Charles and Marie were traversing the hippie trail through several countries, including Thailand, India, Nepal, and Afghanistan. Using the Dutch couple's passports, he and Marie fled to Nepal, where they encountered a 26-year-old backpacker from Canada named Laurent, who was traveling with his American friend, 29-year-old Connie. Believing that their passports would come in handy one day, the couple quickly killed them. These two backpackers weren't immediately identified either, though. Charles, accompanied by Marie, traveled to Singapore before heading to Malaysia and then back to India. So they returned to Thailand in March 1976 and were promptly interrogated by the authorities. However, none of them were charged. Some sources claim the reason for this was their fear of the potential negative publicity adversely affecting the country's tourist trade. I was watching this famous case. It was about this British girl went missing in the middle of the night in this vacation town in Portugal. Portugal police basically, I mean, they did investigate, but they really wanted to keep it on the down low because that region, their main business targets are British families. And then if you blast it out there that a five-year-old girl was kidnapped, could be a local, then nobody would ever come back again. Yeah, and a five-year-old, oh my god. It's a very famous case. It's kind of intense. Still not found. It's been years, decades. Oh my god, it's so sad. Um, this is a Netflix series too. I started watching some of it. It's really good. So regardless of their reasons, the lack of action from investigators allowed Charles to flee to Malaysia, where he believed he would be safe. But he didn't know, however, that the noose was tightening around him. So now we're going to go more into the investigation of these murders. So on February 6, 1976, 31-year-old junior diplomat from the Netherlands named Herman received a letter from a man back in his home country who wrote that his sister-in-law and her boyfriend had gone missing. He claimed that there had been radio silence from the couple for over six weeks. So the man's plea for help disturbed Herman, mainly because he had heard that weeks earlier, the local police had discovered two charred bodies on a road just outside Bangkok. They had initially been reported as a pair of backpackers from Australia who had gone missing. However, they eventually turned up alive, which meant that the identities of the victims remained unknown. Herman recruited a Bangkok-based Dutch dentist to help him out. The following month, they went to the police morgue, where they were able to positively match the charred bodies to the dental records of the missing couples, Hank and Cornelia. So, at the Belgian embassy, there was someone named Paul Simons, um, and he had told Herman about a strange jeweler from France named Elaine, who was rumored to have a large collection of passports that belonged to missing and allegedly murdered individuals. So Herman, along with his then-wife, Angela, began to investigate Paul's seemingly outlandish story, which led them to its source, a French woman named Nadine. So she lived in the same building as Elaine, the jeweler. So she reiterated that the Dutch passports were inside the apartment, which led the authorities to being alerted about a possible murder suspect. On March 11, 1976, Nadine frantically informed Herman and Angela that their neighbors were planning to leave Thailand for Europe. This forced the police to storm the apartment and arrest Elaine. However, he managed to escape from their clutches by claiming that he was an American citizen and used a passport that he had stolen from one of his victims, albeit with his photo inserted into it. 
The next night, Nadine was invited by one of Elaine's housemates into their apartment, which allowed her to smuggle out a few of the passport photos by slipping them undetected into her bra. It did play a really crucial role in the case against him, but unfortunately, he escaped to Malaysia. His ability to slip through all of these authorities who would have all this information or get really close to capturing him gave him the moniker, the serpent. So in India, Charles successfully recruited Barbara Cheryl Smith and Mary Ellen Ether into his crime family. So the two women had been traveling around Mumbai, but found themselves drawn to his magnetic personality. But before long, they were also participating in his murder sprees. Their first victim with this new crew was a French tourist named John, who unexpectedly died from poison that they administered to him. So in July 1976, they tried the same scheme on a group of postgraduate French students in New Delhi, but the dysentery medication that they used worked too fast. Their alarmed victims alerted the authorities. Charles and Marie, along with their recruits, were arrested. So all of them were taken to the Dahar prison complex, which is infamously known as one of the deadliest jails in the world. Life inside was so bad that both Barbara and Mary Ellen attempted suicide while waiting for their trial to begin. Back in Thailand, Herman and Angela continued to build their case against Charles. They raided his former apartment where they found extremely strong drugs, as well as articles of clothing that belonged to Cornelia. So Herman went public with his discoveries, and it didn't take long before the entire world knew about Charles, his involvement in the bikini murders, and his horrifying role as a serpent. So in India, he was initially charged with the murders of the Israeli um, man, Avani, and the French man, Jean-Luc, um, although these were later overturned on appeal. So instead, Charles was convicted of attempting to poison and rob the group of French students in New Delhi. He received a 12-year jail term. On March 17, 1986, Charles managed to escape from the highly secure TR prison complex by giving the staff sweets laced with sedatives. This was shocking as he merely had a few weeks to go before his release. So Charles knew that these charges were subject to a statute of limitations, which meant that they would expire if he played his cards right, and that is exactly what he did. So shortly after his escape, he was arrested at a seaside resort for which he received an extended sentence. So during this time, the Thai arrest warrant against him was invalidated, and he was no longer eligible to be tried for the Pattaya murders. So upon his release from prison, in February 1997, Charles was allowed to return to France, where he sold his story to the press, charging hefty fees for interviews and photos. He even reportedly demanded $15 million from a film producer for their rights to his life story. However, his freedom wouldn't last forever. In September 2003, he was arrested in Nepal for the murders of Laurent and Connie, both of whom he'd killed in Kathmandu in the mid-1970s. The following year, he was given a life sentence, which was upheld by the country's Supreme Court in 2010. To this day, Charles remains imprisoned in a Nepalese jail, and he's aged 77, in poor health, and likely be there for the rest of his life. I do wonder what it is around that era of a lot of men coming of age in the 70s, they become killers. Yeah, it's really interesting. 
I mean, there was a lot of drug use, a lot of cultural shifts, but I don't think drugs make you a murderer. No, and I don't think cultural shifts make you a murderer either. Yeah, with Charles, it seems like it was a slippery slope because he just comes out the gate doing criminal activity. And also other serial killers, you know, a lot of them, it's a sexual release or they'll kill women that looked like their mother who abused them. You kind of can see the motivation there. With him, I don't really see why. There really is no why he had to do this. I know, like you could have just stolen the money. His MO before was poisoning them, then nursing them back to health. So I wonder if, you know, he took it too far one time. And then after that time, it was just like something unlocked. No more nursing back. Too much work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the TV show, they definitely have an answer to it. But I don't know if it's out of convenience. Oh, the show has a clear motive for him? Not a clear motive, but there is a transition of where he goes from poisoning to murdering. So what does the show say? So in the show, he's poisoning them, but when they kind of put too much together, they could use that against him, the information, then he kills them. So it's when he loses their trust and the manipulation of, you know, hey, I'm just helping you because you got poisoned. So instead of them thinking, oh, you're helping me, they realize, oh, you poisoned me. So he's killing them, like eliminating witnesses of his crimes. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to know if that was the real intention, but it makes sense. I hope you have enjoyed Aaliyah's story today. Please leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe if you have enjoyed our stories so far. Also, we would love to hear from you. If you have any feedback, story requests, or just want to say hi, you can write to us at adevilstale at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in again, and we will see you next time.